This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, and for Sean Kelly, as I normally do on a Tuesday, it's also Sean's birthday, so I figured I'd give him the day off. Everyone, make sure you wish Sean a very happy birthday at Sean Kelly Live. That's with an E, K-E-L-L-E-Y, if you want to embarrass him on Twitter like I have already. Feel free to do so. Um, Hope you're all having a great Tuesday. Unfortunately, uh, I'm still trying to wake up here. Luckily, Community Coffee has saved a day with me. Um, Just getting in here. It was a long and late night for the Pelicans. They fall to the Golden State Warriors, 125 to 107. And I mean, you can talk about, you know, the Pelicans have lost lost that game last night by 18. But the Warriors are really, really, really good. And I don't have to tell you that. I can just tell you that they're 16-6. They haven't lost a home game this season. They've won 49 straight at home. And as I'll mention to Jim Eichenhofer in our next segment. They just—they already clinched a top two seed, and it's only March 15th. So this Warriors team is really good, and the Pelicans hung in there for about two quarters as it was 42-40 to 40 at one point. The Pelicans with a lead. Golden State ended the first half on a 9-2 run to go up 59-50 to 50 at the half, and then it was all Golden State in the third quarter, 35-19. to 19. There was a slew of three-pointers, one by Andrew Bogut, who hasn't made a three in three years. He also airballed a free throw earlier in the game that even I could have made. And then Klay Thompson after that with a huge three, and they just piled it on from there. Steph Curry on his 28th birthday, 27 points in 31 minutes, 5 rebounds, 10 of 16 shooting. Klay Thompson with 18, Draymond Green with 14, and they shot 58% from the field. Not too much you can do about that. Pelicans had two players with 22 points, Anthony Davis on 6 of 20 shooting, kind of slowed down there in the third quarter, Um, did not play in the fourth. He had 16 in the first half. Tony Douglas, his birthday tomorrow, 22 points, 8 assists. The Pelicans went small as far as their starting lineup. They went G, Cuttingham, Davis, Douglas, and Holiday. Oshik didn't play. Cole was out again with a lower back issue, and Alexi Jinsa was out with a fractured sternum. So six players in double figures for the Pelicans, but they only shot 38% from the field, and they were also 7 of 25 from downtown. We'll talk more about what happened last night with Jim Eichenhofer and kind of what the common denominator has been in these four losses as the last game of this five-game road trip concludes tomorrow in Sacramento as they take on the Kings, and they're back home finally for three against three playoff teams, Portland, Clippers, and the Miami Heat. So going to be a tough road for the Pelicans, but 16 games to go here until the regular season is over. All right, we have a good show for you today. As I mentioned, Jim offer from Pelicans.com will join me. Not only will we talk Pelicans, but March Madness is coming up here with the play-in game starting today. Um, we can't get into specifics about what type of player you should look out for per NBA rules, but Jim's going to kind of tell you, or in his eyes, uh, what kind of player you should look out for, whether it's defense, offense, three-pointers, you know. What kind of things should you look out for in certain or in any player during this tournament? Maybe look out for some mid-major guys, since some of those guys have shined in the NBA and also, I'll ask him about the one-and-done rule compared to players that play all four years. So I think a good conversation with him, not only about the Pelicans, but also March Madness. And then LSU Pro Day was yesterday, and Saints GM Mickey Loomis spoke to the media. We'll play some of you, some of that for you on this show. So we'll do Jim, then we'll have Mickey Loomis, and then we'll wrap things up here from Studio B. Mr. Eichenhofer is on deck. Stay with us on the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. 
Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. Pelicans! The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, March 18th against the Portland Trailblazers. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Community coffee in hand as I'm still trying to wake up on this Tuesday, but I think Jim Eichenhofer can spark some energy uh, to me and maybe transfer it from the Bay. He's probably a little tired as he's on the West Coast time, but it is TGIT. So Mr. Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com joins me now to talk a little Pelicans basketball, and we'll talk a little March Madness. Hello, Jim. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? I don't know yet. I'm not awake yet, so you're going to have to kind of bear with me here on this Tuesday. It was a little late night, as it was probably for you yeah. guys, too. Yeah, it's a little early here, too, but, you know, I always wake up as soon as the sun comes up at all on Tuesday mornings because I'm so ready for TGIT with you each week. Is your alarm clock set to the BBR theme song when you wake up? <laughs> Does that turn on yeah, every time you wake up on Tuesdays? Actually, it is, yeah. It's I don't, I don't, that's, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty good uh, for you to know that. Yeah, that's how I get up every Tuesday, man. Well, I'm a creepy I'm re- guy. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I figure those things out pretty quickly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Jim. Well, let's talk about last night's game. And when you face the defending champs, there's a reason why they've won 49 straight at home. There's a reason why they're the fastest team to get the 60 wins at 16-6. Oh, yeah. They also clinched a top two seed last night, and it's only March 15th. I'm not saying that, you know, it was a tough loss because it was, but it, it's kind of hard to kind of, I guess, try to find the negatives in a game where you're facing a team that has just been playing out of their minds all season long. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like kind of trying to hold back a wave that you knew was coming the whole night. Um, they, I thought they did a pretty good job in the, for most of the first half. Um, I thought New Orleans' defense was good, and it, it helped that, it seemed like I know Golden State has problems with turnovers, but some of their their first nine or ten turnovers or so in the first half were just kind of head scratchers. Like they, no somebody wasn't really even open, and somebody still tried to throw them a pass, and it was way off the mark. So, I for most of the first half, I was thinking, you know, maybe they they caught them on a night when they're just not really sharp and they're going to be sloppy. But then, obviously, in the end of the first half and then the beginning of the third quarter, they just the kind of the real Golden State showed up, and then 
really put it away by the before the, even the end of the third quarter. I thought Anthony Davis did a good job attacking the basket in the first half. He had 16 points. He also took advantage of a lot of matchup problems that Golden State had as far as them putting James uh, McAdoo on AD. But then in the second half, it seemed like the Warriors kind of figured out what to do as Davis was held to just six points and finished six of 20 shooting from the field. How did the Warriors kind of change their game plan against AD in the second half? Yeah, I mean... I think, I mean, part of it, too, is he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. So right. I don't want to read too much into his, his stats. But, yeah, he was he was a lot more aggressive in the first half. And I think he ended up with 11 free throws, which is a, which is a good number, especially since, like I said, he only played three quarters. But, I mean, Golden State is such a good – that's one part of – I think people, as time goes on, they see this more and more. But they're such a good defensive team, partly because they can switch so much. They can – um, always rotate and, and send more guys at, at AD. And um, the one thing that was a killer last night, too, was um, in terms of stay, trying to stay in the game was, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but New Orleans didn't shoot threes at all very well last night. So, I mean, if you when you have a guy that you're, you're throwing attention at like AD and the other players aren't making threes to, to um, burn you, you know, you, you can just keep doing that and you don't really have to change your strategy at, at all. So, yeah, I mean, it was a kind of a combination of a lot of those different things. 7 of 25 from downtown. The Pelicans shot last night compared to the Warriors, who were 12 of 25. And I thought for a second, I mean, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson were 6 of 13, which at the beginning of the game, I remember at one time they were only 2 of 9. They weren't killing you so much from downtown, but it seemed like everywhere else they are kind of hitting you. And then yeah, whenever you have Andrew Bogut hit a 3, you know things are just not going your way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought um, the – like you said, they they weren't shooting their their trademark you know perimeter attack wasn't clicking at all in the first half, but they were getting a lot of points in the paint. So it was kind of like, well, we we cut off one thing, but but something else is another leak is springing up. So um, it ended the game ended up finishing 50 to 44 Golden State points in the paint, but at one point it was a lot bigger advantage than that. I think maybe the last few minutes kind of made that a little deceptive yeah. in terms of it being close, closer than it really was. I think it was like 38 to 22 at the half, and then it yeah. kind of crept toward the Pelicans' direction that second half uh, when things kind of escalated in the third. Um, all right, Jim, team is 0-4, as you know, on this road trip. Hopefully they'll salvage the road trip with a win tomorrow against the Kings, but what's been the common denominator in these four losses? What's kind of stuck out in all four that – has maybe been the reason why the Pelicans have not been able to grab a win on the road. I mean, I think the obvious thing, if you really, if you just look just from looking at the scores of the games, I mean, they gave up 122, 121, and then last night 125. The only game where the defense didn't give up a lot of points was Milwaukee 103. Now, granted, the the Memphis game was actually somewhat um, a reasonable number of points given up until the overtime period. They gave up a ton. I think it was 22. They gave up. But I mean, but at the same time, Memphis had such a, a short-handed roster that has no resemblance to the way what they usually look like. So I mean, even even that game was kind of uh, was was kind of rough to to give up that many points. So I would say the defense has really been the thing. Like they they really haven't had you know a stretch where they've played really good defense. I think for even you know many quarters on this road trip so far. So. I'd say that's been the biggest thing, and, and obviously the Pelicans have their own, as we've talked about a million times, they have their own injury issues and their own situation where they're shorthanded. So 
you combine giving up a ton of points and the fact that you don't have the firepower that you usually had or had, you know, hope to have this season at all. And, you know, it's kind of a, a bad combination that ends up with you being 0-4 so far. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, Jim, let's kind of focus our attention on March Madness. I know you filled out 20 brackets already, um, so you're good to go for Thursday. But um, this is a time for also fans to kind of see um, who potentially the Pelicans could draft next year or who to look out for in the NBA. And we can't get into specifics about certain players due to NBA rules, so we will not get into players to watch or specific players to watch. But what kind of player, as a Pelicans fan – Pelicans employee, what specific type of player are you looking for during the March Madness tournament? I mean, I think one of the big things that kind of goes hand in hand with what I just talked about is is um, guys that I think the the Pelicans definitely need to add some defensive players. I mean, they need to add guys that are two way, guys that also can give you something on offense and but are uh, factors defensively. Um, that's one of the big things. I mean. You mentioned filling out brackets. I actually have not filled out any brackets, and I probably won't. I, I don't know. I, I know that makes me in the minority, but I've, yes. got, I've gotten to the point where I actually just like to watch the games and root for upsets and root for certain schools, like especially the small schools from New York where I'm from um, and that kind of thing. But I think in, in terms of how it relates to the draft, I think one of the things that's really interesting about the NBA the last few years and last maybe 10 years or so and I think this is something that people can keep an eye on is who are who are the guys that you know you might see in the NCAA tournament this this week or this month coming up that are guys that come out of nowhere that you didn't realize were going to be were phenoms or had NBA potential but all of a sudden you say hey this guy's really good um I mean there's the one thing I look at there's four guys in the NBA right now that might be top 10 players or, or legitimate, you know, all NBA candidates who went to Davidson, Fresno state, San Diego state and Weber state. Um, so, I mean, and, and none of those guys were picked like top three. So I, I think that's one thing that I think NBA teams look at is who are some of the players from the mid majors who maybe obviously weren't heavily recruited out of high school because they ended up at a school like Weber state, like Damian Lillard did but have potential or, you know, a lot of these guys are late bloomers. So they're so much better at 21 or 22 than they were at 18. So I think that's one of the things I, I like to look at. A lot of these teams, especially the mid-majors, people haven't seen play all season. So I think one of the one of the many cool things about the NCAA tournament is just seeing some of these stories and some of these guys come out of nowhere, kind of like Steph Curry did when he was at Davidson. And, and I think the NCAA tournament was when people were really like, wow, this guy's got – potential to be a really good player in the NBA not that they thought he would be a a two-time MVP but I mean you know players like that I think are really one of the interesting elements of watching the tournament yeah no doubt I think the other guys you're talking about were Paul George and Kawhi Leonard correct as far as mid-majors are right yeah exactly good deal exactly yep all right before I let you go um I kind of want to go as far as the NCAA tournament you hear about the one and dones and you hear about the guys that play for all four years and some people prefer the guys that have played all four years, and some people have preferred the one-and-dones. I understand the one-and-dones, as in the Anthony Davises, the Kevin Durants, things like that. Um, do you put that much stock into these one-and-dones? Maybe the guys that 
We don't know yet if they're going to be that dominant Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant type compared to a guy that's been at the school for all four years and kind of gotten, has developed each year. What Do you have a preference of one of those guys, or does it really not matter to you whether they played for only one year or four years? I, w- I wouldn't say I have a preference. I think the only risky part of getting a guy who has only played – I mean, obviously, I would never sit here and say, like, you know, the one and dones. oh, that's – I mean, there's so many good players, so many great players who played right. one year in college and have turned into incredible pros. So I kind of, I feel it would be awkward to even sit here and say, like, oh, that's a negative. Like, oh, that's, oh, he only played one year because obviously there's so many cases where that's not true. Is it a player-by-player player basis, basically? Yeah, I think it is. But I also think the one thing about the one-and-done or even the guys that play two years, I think the risky part sometimes with them is when you're projecting a guy like if you if you have a guy who played one year, like say it was a guy who was really hyped and touted as a high school player, played one or two years in college and didn't really do a lot in terms of he doesn't have a big resume in college. Like people look at him as like, oh, well, you know, he, he, he's got potential. He just needs to kind of grow into it or mature. Sometimes those guys are risky because you're kind of, you're kind of, um, looking past the fact that maybe he didn't have that many great games in college and he didn't do that well against the competition of at a higher level. To me, that part is risky. And I think if you went back and looked, you'd see a lot, especially a lot of big guys. I mean, even going back um, 10 years or so with uh, with New Orleans, where they drafted some guys that were people that they were kind of raw, raw goods, you know, not finished mm-hmm. products who maybe had a couple really good games in their one or two years in college. And then um, in the pros, they didn't turn out to be, they didn't pan out. So I think those are, those are some of the guys, especially the the big guys who you say like, Oh, he had a, he had an 18 point 14 rebound game once. And, but he, overall he wasn't consistent and didn't really show up every single game. I think those are the guys that you really have to be, you know, those are, those are the players that teams, take a lot longer look at than the guys that are um, coming out of that are that not only were they great high school players, but they immediately stepped into college and were dominating. Like for example, Carmelo Anthony to use um, a player from my old Syracuse roots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, you have, you do have to, like you said, you do have to weigh it. It's a player by player thing. You can't make a blanket statement really on anything um, the, the way the, the situation is with the guys that play one or two years in college. That's Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Good stuff, Jim. And um, you'll let the people know, the fans know, where you're having your March Madness party, which party, which chateau or which house, or should I just post your address online so people can start coming on Thursday um, when the game start at like 11 and you're going to watch them all day with them? Yeah. I think I'm going to I, – I think I'll post that on Twitter like maybe Thursday morning or maybe – during the flight back from Sacramento, which will be from you know midnight to 5 a.m., I'll I'll post it on Twitter during the flight, and then you know people can just meet me at my uh, at one of my chateaus when I arrive when I get off the plane. Oh yeah, so like six home. six a.m. kind of like breakfast with Jim before the, pl- yeah, the tournament exactly. starts. That's very nice of you. Exactly. You're such a great guy. Yeah, of course. Of course. You're one. Of, you're one with the people. You know. I admire that no, about no you. No doubt. That's, that's that's why I do this. I mean, that's the only reason. For the fans. If it wasn't for that, I mean, what would be the point? Well, I mean, the appearance fee, I think, is probably nice, and that's another reason why you do it. <laughs> uh, wait, I've been, I'm supposed to get an appearance fee for this? 
Those have been in the mail. You haven't gotten them yet? No. Must have had the wrong address. No, we're we're going to have to talk about this off the air. All right, we'll talk we'll talk to your sure. agent in a little bit. All right. Jim, get us a win please before we go home. Just one. Just one. All right. I I'll, I'll try the best I can. All right. Safe travels to Sacramento. Um give Sean Kelly a hard time. It's his birthday today. So just kind of burst his bubble a little bit. Oh. Okay. I already embarrassed him on Twitter by telling people it was his birthday, so I hope he gets lots of tweets. <laughs> Definitely. I'll make sure I uh, I sing him happy birthday and embarrass him in front of a bunch of people today. I'll, I'll do that for you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Eigenhofer from Pelicans.com. Make sure to uh, read all of his stuff on Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app, and we'll uh, hear from him tomorrow as the Pelicans take on the Kings. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis, who spoke at LSU Pro Day yesterday. We'll be right back. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. If you haven't experienced our new and improved Sideline Premier Seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline Premier Seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All right, as promised, yesterday was LSU Pro Day. NewOrleansaints.com and a bunch of other media outlets were there to cover it. Saints general manager Mickey Loomis spoke to the media yesterday. Here's a portion of that interview talking about Saints free agency and the possibility of adding some LSU Tigers to the roster. I think you and Sean have both identified defensive needs, obviously, after after last season. Is it okay to not have a new defensive player a week into well, free agency. Free, free agency's not done yet. Sure. So there's, there's a lot of good players still available and, and guys that, uh, you know, we're talking to and have, have been interested in, and, and so we'll see what happens. Is this so, where you find a lot of value in that second or third wave normally? Yeah. I, well, I hope so. You know, um, you know, I hope so. Look, there's there's still a lot of a lot of good players out there, and, and uh Hopefully we'll find a good fit for us, and, and if we don't, then then uh, we'll be looking to uh, help ourselves in the draft. That's what today's about. A lot of people had comments because you guys didn't go defense. Is, is there a school of thought where you feel that you need to maintain the offense, though? Like you lose a, a tight end and that position's so important. Yeah, you know, I, I think this. I think, you know, when you get to free agency, listen, every year you're going to have holes to fill. You have things that you must have, things that you want to have, things that you need to have. In, in, uh, and so th- there's a lot of things to do in free agency. And, you, and part of it is, you, you know, you got you to have, you know, we've got limitations in resources. That, um, so you got to be able to fill the right hole with the right value. And um, it may end up being an offensive player, you know, when you're looking for, to help your defense. Or, or, you know, when you have a good defense, look, you, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a good value and a good player. 
um, at any position. And so it doesn't always fall exactly like right. you, you, you know, would hope in a perfect world. And, and you have to adjust to that. When, yeah. you have, when you have a history of, of guys at running, positions like running back and receiver where you guys have Sorry. found guys who are undrafted or in street free agents, do you factor that into how you build your roster going forward? Well, you know, I think, look, there's lots of avenues to get players, and you've mentioned them. Um, you know, there's trades, there's free agency, there's, there's uh, uh, the draft, and then obviously college free agents. And so, you know, we're looking to we're looking under every one of those uh, at every one of those opportunities, and we've had some success in each one of them at times, and we've had our failures too. So we we don't look at it like, hey, you, you have to do this in free agency or else. It's it's just it's not that simple. Um, and so we've had some success with college free agents, and yet that's not the only way you build your roster. You know, you do it by drafting well. Um, you do it by making a, a, a trade that, that helps you, and we've you know we've had some of those that have worked out pretty well for us, um, and we've had a few that haven't. So, you know, we're going to continue to build the roster that in the same the same philosophies really. Mick, if you if you guys were able to sign Ben Watson back, was Cleaner still a possibility? With yeah, you know, I I think that uh, yeah, still would have been a possibility. Sure. Do you have any thoughts on Deion Jones and? How much speed, does speed factor in when you're looking at linebackers? Well, I think speed always factors in. <laughs> well, probably more. I mean, obviously right. more so with you know a receiver, but, right? Or, yeah. Listen, we've got we've got a long way to go. He's a he's a good player and he's a smart player. Um, obviously, you know, going to Jesuit and LSU that that those are nice. Uh, that'd be a nice story uh, in New Orleans. Um, you know, we'd love to have some LSU players on our team, and certainly he'd be a great candidate. Of course, you can catch that full interview on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. Thank you very much to Mickey Loomis. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. For fast relief, Summer is coming and Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keeps offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keeps and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keeps. Join us at the Smoothie King Center Sunday, March 20th at 5 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans tip off against Chris Paul and the Los Angeles Clippers. The first 3,000 kids in attendance will receive a Mardi Gras jersey courtesy of Rouse's and Oro Wheat. It's the third item in our Year of the Uniform series. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. 
All right, time to wrap things up from Studio B. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer and Mickey Loomis for coming on today's show. Tomorrow will be another Wesley Wednesday. And again, it's from another hotel in Sacramento, California, as the Pelicans will take on the Kings. 9 o'clock start, 8.30. I'll have Pelicans warm up for you. And, of course, we'll have more information on that game tomorrow. But last game, the ninth day of the five-game road trip concludes tomorrow in Sacramento. We'll have plenty of coverage for you on tomorrow's show. And, of course, you'll never know who else will stop by. All right, that'll do it for today's show. For Jim Eikenhofer, for Mickey Loomis, Sean Kelly, happy birthday to him. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.